Welcome to another edition of the Fast Podcast. I guess this is a semi-annual event. I've been uh, kind of falling off the podcast wagon here. Been very busy, but want to get back to doing this and doing it more regularly. And today, very happy to have somebody that you have probably heard on the Big Morning Show if you listen to Big 102.1. And I know a lot of folks will listen to the podcast that don't. But if you happen to tune in from time to time, you may hear Chef Dave from Cajun 180 Seasonings joining us inside the Big Morning Show and he has uh, ditched Renee and Chris, and he is here to talk to a real person. No, I'm kidding. He's uh, taking taking a little time today to visit all things food. Two guys from South Louisiana talking about food. This could go on until, well, I don't know, a week from Sunday. It could. Glad to have you, Dave. Thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. So we got to know each other, uh, I guess, six months or so ago. We were introduced to your seasonings, and we were all blown away with the concept of, A, a healthier approach to what we would call a Cajun seasoning, like a table seasoning that would, you know, there, there's 8,000 of them, but they all have their own differences. Some of them are more pepper, some of them are more salt or whatever, but yours has a whole different profile of how you built it. Before we do anything else, explain La Cajun Gold and how you guys built this thing to be so much cleaner. Okay. So, uh, for instance, uh, just Again, starting off with Lacation Gold. Lacation Gold was our fr- very first seasoning ever uh, that we came up with, and it was a, a product that I had that I had the recipe for it. I had been tinkering with uh, probably for about twelve years, and the the whole wait a I, minute, twelve years, 12, right? You've been fooling around doing this thing about twelve years, yes. So, as a as a young guy growing up uh, and being involved in in restaurants and and having family members that have owned restaurants and cafes, um, my 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 passion was always cooking in my life, and of course. Things in life over time have taken me away from the cooking element. Uh, and so it was just one of my passions, so I would always do it at home. And I had a, a seasoning profile that I was playing around with and, again, tinkering with it. And every year we would give it away as Christmas gifts or birthday gifts or mm-hmm. whatever the case was. And I and, wasn't on the list, but okay. <laughs> and so it just became one of those things where, um, you know, every time that we would give it away, someone would say, man, why don't you sell this stuff? And at the time in my life of where I was, uh, just kind of give you an insight on, I was in, involved in the military as well as law enforcement. And so having that culinary background, again, just cooking as a passion on the side. Um, just one day I decided, you know what, hey, look, at my age, I'm going to lay law enforcement down and I'm going to get back to the roots of what I really enjoy doing. So I took the seasoning blend. It was actually named something different. And um, the the whole idea between or behind Cajun 180, and people ask us all the time, well, why are you called 180? What is the 180? And so because it is a seasoning blend, the very first thing uh, in our name is 180 degrees. And so they always think, oh, wow, it's hot. Mm-mm. So we tell them, absolutely not. So what 180 degrees means is just like a, a, you know, a circle. If you take a 360-degree circle and cut it in half to 180, it's that is the whole idea it's what do we do different so 180 means um you know instead of being unhealthy we want to tell people how to be healthy and or uh to furthermore um push that initiative now in today's society as being more health conscious sure so that's where the 180 really truly comes from and it's tricky in cajun culture and in cajun cooking because we are known for everything that is unhealthy. That is and, correct. And th- those are always the best things. Like the deep fat fried whatever is better than not deep fat fried whatever. But to be able to get the flavors and the taste that we love as as real Cajuns in South Louisiana, 
not lose the flavor, enhance it differently with the with the outcome that you want without all the stuff that's not good for you was it was a unique concept that you had. Absolutely. And some of our family members, uh, not only myself and, uh, as, as well as other people that were involved uh, with the startup of the company, uh, they have been battling with issues, cancer, diabetes, hypertension, all of these different uh, celiacs, uh, Crohn's disease. And, and we had heard for a very long time that every time that someone would cook with some of these other uh, brands that they use, that they mm-hmm. would have some type of reaction to it. Uh, and, that, and so that really spawned me to change the recipe just a little bit. So what we did was we took the iodine salt that I was using uh, initially. And, of course, being an older guy, I wanted to change my health habits as well. So we changed and converted to using sea salt uh, in everything that we did. So what I did was I took this, the iodine salt out, I put the sea salt in, and it became a phenomenal product. And I noticed that by using the sea salt, I didn't have to use as much iodine salt. So what I did was I converted the recipe and, and put the salt on the back end of the recipe, and it allowed the flavors of everything else that we were putting in, especially in Lacation Gold. Cayenne pepper, black pepper, and some of the other spices that we have in there are naturally known anti-inflammatories. Mm-hmm. So when you take all that unhealthy stuff out and you put the healthy things in, and when you put it in balance, well, then you can see there that if you use it on a consistent basis or a um, sustainable basis, then it can be quite healthy for you. And that's that's the thing with, with our cage. Again, you said Cajun food being unhealthy with all the fried things. And, and to be honest with you, fast Cajun food is really not unhealthy at all because if you separate the components that we cook with, they're very healthy components. It's how we put them together and the moderation in which we eat them makes them unhealthy. Four plates of fried catfish isn't good. good. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you tell me. I mean, I wish somebody would have told me that 40 years ago. But, no, seriously, so th- this was kind of the beginning for you. And it, it was a 12-month genesis before you even got to, I've got just one thing now that is going to be kind of my signature, and I'm going to go out into the to the big bad world of of America and try to get people to try this thing. It has been a true grassroots effort to build this brand from La Cajun Gold, which was first, to some of the new flavor profiles that you have available, your cocktail rimmer. We can talk about in the moho seasoning, which is an, is an addiction. I don't know if it's healthy or not. I think you snuck something in there to make it so good I can't avoid it. But But you guys have really built this thing now, and now all of a sudden you've seen the we were in a couple of stores, and now – some bigger chains are picking it up. This has got to be a really exciting time for what is probably now a 15 year idea. Oh my God. It's phenomenal. And you know, and you're going back to your reference of, of six months ago, meeting Chris fast and Renee at the morning show. Uh, I was telling Chris the other day, uh, just here in the big morning show visit that it, it's phenomenal to stand here today and say that when the first time that we ever met you guys and you asked, where can we get the seasoning? And we said, you can get it at all wood furniture. Mm-hmm. Or you can get it at Bilo, or you can get it at www.cajun180.com. And that was it. And That's now, it. now, how many locations? I mean, and you may not, the number might not be a hard number, but, but give me give me a, a round a round number here. We're approximately at 107 retail stores wow. across the nation. Uh, we ship all over the world. Uh, we now have seven pro staff uh, competition barbecue teams across the globe, uh, and we have a lot of uh, competition fishermen who actually are competing underneath our brand, and they use it on a daily basis. So the, talk about a dream that was kind of put off to the side for a while, but but you and I have that in common that we both love the kitchen. I mean, I think that 
There, it, it maybe is a disproportionate amount of men in South Louisiana cook as opposed to the rest of the United States, maybe because it's I don't know. I, I if I want it done right, I'll do it myself. I'll show you how to fry some catfish. You know, you I mean that's kind sure. of what we do in the barbecue thing and boiling crawfish. Guys usually would do that, but but to take the Cajun concept and or, or concepts that have formed a real hodgepodge coming together to form what is known quote-unquote as Cajun food it's a gazillion different things so when you're putting this flavor profile together for the seasoning how how did you know where to start did you start with I want it to be kind of hot but not too hot salty but not too salty or was it a whole different thought process well it is a different process and, and it's a different process that I think a lot of people don't take into consideration and what we do is we really do value our consumers uh, so, for instance, again, Lacasian Gold had been around, obviously under a different name, as I, as I said before. Uh, and and I'll, I'll tell you during the podcast here, it was actually called Hollywood Seasoning. And okay. it was an old nickname that I had in the military. And because I had created it, all of my friends and family just called it Hollywood Seasoning. And so 12 years of having this product. And then one day, listening to a very good friend of mine who has become a very great friend of mine, uh, Mr. Daryl Strickland out of Georgia. He's one of our competition cooks. Uh, he sat down across the table from me, and he tried the Hollywood seasoning. Mm-hmm. And the very first thing he said was, oh, my God, like this is this is gold. And so Daryl, being a, a, a competitive cook for many, many years and, and one of the highly rated cooks across in the, or in the nation, um, big award winner, for him to say it was gold mm-hmm. made me listen ding, a little ding, bit. Ding, and so it was like, okay, so off. here we go. So if we're really going to go into business, then we really need to change the name of, from Hollywood to something. Because that would send the wrong message to begin with. That's correct. That's correct. So when he said gold, I said, Daryl, I think you're on to something. So tell me a little bit more about why you said that. And he said, because the flavors that you have in here set it apart from anything I've ever tasted before, even in the competition world. So to me, this is Cajun gold. And so now going back and again, listening to my consumer and from a marketing standpoint, I just went back and said, okay, so I'm from South Louisiana. Let's throw some French in there. So we called it La, meaning the Cajun gold. Perfect. And that's where the name came from. So, and that was the beginning. That was the beginning. Of, of where you guys are now. And, and I know you're continuing to develop things. And, and by the way, this is the Fast Podcast and we're with Chef Dave Hulamp from, from uh, Cajun 180. And, and you see the logo, you, you hear him on the show, and now you're seeing it at Rouse's and you're seeing it in stores all over uh, all over Louisiana, South Louisiana, and beyond. And again, talk about a grassroots campaign. We, we, I remember somebody said, wait a minute, it's available at, at All Wood Furniture on on, uh, on Pinhook? And I was like, well, there's a lot of shelves in there. So, <laughs> so they put <laughs> it on right. the shelf, and it was kind of like, we're, we want to get out into the public where we can send people. The website's great, but if somebody's cooking tonight and they want to try it tonight, and then boom, I mean, you went from that to – to the new news chain and then which is a local chain small but but you guys added stores and then the rouses thing was a huge change of direction for you guys that's right and a lot of it came from our pro staff uh division who was telling people about it and of course as, as you get an initiative like that where a pro staffer goes out or an influencer goes out into the community and they start telling people about a great product that they have come across that has changed their literally changed their life um, from their health, and, and also it gives them more passion to cook. Uh, we have many success stories that we haven't even shared yet uh, that are, that's not even on our website that it will come out one day, and, and we're going to put those testimonials together. 
But again, going back to that is, um, you know, so they go out there and they tell the community. Well, then the community it goes to their store and they go, hey, where can I find this product? Right. And it's caused the managers of those stores and those owners to then call us and go, hey, we have the consumer base. Is your product available? And, and so as a small company. Talk about shifting gears. That's right. So as a small company who creates small batched product now has to switch gears to now give the consumers what they want. And you guys are, are all about fresh quality ingredients. And, and, and I want to talk about, and, and this might be a good point to do, to do that, the, the, the basis for how you build the profiles. And I mean, obviously, there are some secrets because you don't want to tell everybody in the world what you do. But by the same token, I think it's very interesting. The, the, the freshness is important in the quality, like, like whether you're going to get the sea salt or you're going to get you know, celery or, or, you know, dried celery, whatever it is that you're going to use, you guys, it's not been sitting in a can in a box on the shelf at a, at a, at a supply warehouse for a year. And then they send you this stuff. You guys work fresh first, but how do you put the whole profile together? Talk about going back in time. This, this blows my mind. You got to share your process because I never in a million years would have guessed this. Okay. So basically uh, the, the process begins with a concept, and the concept of listening to the consumer tells us a certain portion of where they are from in, in the world, and that's where the flavor profile begins. And so once we develop where that, what is it exactly that you're looking for, then what we do is we go back to the history books. And so then, for instance, the one of the, the blends that has not yet been released, mm-hmm. and we haven't even put it in a bottle yet, but you have had the pleasure mm-hmm. to sample it, mm-hmm. uh, again, it comes from... Uh, being all over the world and being cultured from in the military and, and well-traveled, people refer to Cajun food as being hot and being spicy. And we tell people all the time, well, that's not Cajun food. Cajun food is all about flavor. So if you can give me a flavor that you're looking for, I can create a Cajun product. And so being a, that its origin begins here in South Louisiana, initiates it. Again, it's, it's being created by a Cajun. It's created in Cajun country. And so, therefore, if we can start from, again, the grassroots are the roots of where the flavor began, then it can become a Cajun product because you know just as well as I do is Louisiana is a huge melting pot. Sure. So just because somebody's from Greece or they're from Mexico or they're from Central America or wherever they may be from, they're, they're relocated here and now they want their flavor here. And they, they've, brought the, they've, they've brought the gift to us. Why not us share it back with the world? Well, and people, you know, when you, when you look at the, the Cajun and Creole combination in South Louisiana, because you had a lot of, and I, I obviously, and you had uh, Irish and Greeks and and all people from all over the world that settled in New Orleans. But at Cajun Cajun country, say Jeff Davis Parish, eastward to Orleans Parish. Okay, you had people from all over the world settling there. A, there were things that were indigenous here that they used to season with, but they brought certain things with them that would grow here because the climate was a certain way. So you went back and said, okay. Sure, there's a lot of different seasoning blends and cans. Yeah, there's probably some commonalities. What is it that really, truly would make it authentic Louisiana Cajun? So you, when you say you went to the history books, you literally did research on original flavor profiles here. That's right. You go, up and go back to the history books. I mean, who was here before us? I mean, obviously the Native, Native, Americans. Native Americans. And sure. so what did they grow? You know, and so things like sage and nutmeg and, and all the herbs that were not necessarily common in a lot of Cajun spices today, they were the roots back then. And so why not have those flavor profiles introduced into a Cajun seasoning today and, and restore that history? So 
if you haven't tried it yet, I mean, it, again, you can, you know, we, we say on the air all the time, you can replace your salt and pepper shaker with it. You can use it on popcorn. You can use it when you're cooking, after cooking, uh, on your French fries. I mean, and everything in between. So, Lacajun Gold, again, you had a lot of time to work on it, but you weren't constantly working on it. It was kind of a thing you did for a while and then started to redevelop as you went out and said, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna really do this thing. This is going to be, now that I've got this blessing and somebody has really told me the value of it, it's gold after all, now I'm going to go out and do this. So, you've been, since that point, when, when you started to make it available to the public, you've started adding other flavor profiles. So, again, you're you're... The mad scientists doing research and experiments to come up with what you think is a perfect blend for every culture that you're working with. That's right. We could have stopped at Lacajun Gold. I mean, think about it. Do you go to yep. any any shelf in, in America and pick up a seasoning blend? You know, majority of the companies out there only have one to two blends, and then they're done. <clears throat> Except for sauces and those type of things. But in a dry rub, they typically stop at one or two. And again, if you're if you're out there selling and you're listening to your consumers, you have to consistently grow. So going back to what we were saying, I'm just break down Lacajun Gold. Lacajun Gold has five ingredients. That's it. Five. Five five ingredients, and yet we can capture all of that flavor. And going back to the freshness of it, you take out all the preservatives, and that's why again we pack fresh because we don't put all of the unnecessary preservatives and the unhealthy things that are there to preserve it on a shelf so that it doesn't clump up and become hard as a rock. You know, if, if generally speaking, spices lose their potency over time, and they also lose their color. So to keep the color and the, the, um, the vibrance of the spice there as well as the flavor, we prefer to pack fresh. And knowing that it's a quality fresh product, people are going to use it, relatively quickly that's correct. Uh, it's you know the plan is to not have it sit on the shelf for a year or two and turn gray and and turn into a brick so right. i mean that's kind of the idea why you got it in the first place sure so to prove that point how many moho bottles have you been through oh uh, we we don't do we need to talk about exactly. that they don't, they don't sit very long do they no and, and and by the way it's a that's a large amount of of the seasoning like the trinity it's a fairly large container so you're not going to get like just a little sample shaker and then all of a sudden you're out of it again you guys are are, have designed yeah somebody who likes to cook every day it's good for me that i'm not out buying it once a week you know what i mean well there's also the difference uh the difference between lacajun gold and the cajun trinity and the moho uh lacajun gold is an all-purpose seasoning so again you can almost every day that's right you can put that one on your table and it's such basic ingredients that it does absolutely replace your salt shaker and your pepper shaker on the table. So because it doesn't have all the unhealthy things, it is now a new sustainable health choice seasoning product that we have put on the market. So while that one is an everyday use, the cooking blends, which you have referred to in, in the bigger containers, you use more of. But they're also, they don't have all the peppers and they don't have all the heat spices to them. So you can use a much larger volume of them. And, and their flavor enhancers is what they are. So that, therefore, we call them cooking blends. Right. So it's a little different. It's not a put it on everything kind of a deal, though. I, I find can. that the, the Trinity kind of ends up on a little bit. Of, I made I made some um, I made chicken and waffles and I, I used it in my waffle batter. I mean, like it was I mean, just I thought, wow, this would be good. What's the Cajun Trinity? Think about when they named this product and, and, and there's there's a you know, if you watch any cooking show and they start making some Cajun dish, what do they say? They're going to use the Cajun Trinity. So you're using onions, bell pepper, and celery. And you guys have it. It's dry, it's powdered. It's not just um, chopped up or frozen or anything. It's powdered form like 
a salt shaker would be. But you've got that flavor profile in there. And I'm telling you, I found uses for it that you guys probably never dreamed of. That's right. And so it, it becomes a savory mm-hmm. uh, a savory item to uh, put, in, and put in a lot of different foods. So the essence or the idea behind it is that when you cook the real trinity, and, when we, and we still use the, the real trinity. We cut up all of our vegetables. We put it in gumbos. We put it in jambalayas. And we put it in, in almost every Cajun dish. Again, as, as right. you stated, we, we start it with that. But over a period of cooking, those products break down and they lose their flavor based upon what else you're compounding or putting in the dish Mm -hmm. as well. And so if you find that you're losing that Trinity flavor, you don't always want to add more of that product because the onions themselves, when they break down, down. well, they they may not cook down. Some people don't like the big chunk onion, but also onions will thicken as a puree, they'll thicken your dish. And you don't want that consistency. So what you, what the idea with the cooking blend is, you can take that after the fact, and you can just sprinkle that on your food and give it that Cajun Trinity essence of that flavor back to your dish. Well, when I make gumbo now, I and and I I did it without even really thinking about what I was doing. Uh, you're right. I mean, I'm I'm chopping up my vegetables. And I do like everybody else does. I don't look at it as this is going to replace that, and I just make a roux and then immediately put liquid in. I do the normal process, but along the way, as I taste it. Guess what I'm adding? And I never thought it was missing the flavor. That's right. But when you cook it down, it's important, it's necessary, and it does add flavor to that liquid at the beginning. And it, to me, makes the roux magical. But you do lose some of that taste. So adding the flavor back in, it was brilliant. I never in a million years yeah. would have thought and, and you're adding I'm f- losing something. That's right. You're adding the flavor back without adding all the salt, and you're not adding any of the unhealthy preservative products to your to your, to your your meal. So, yes, you can um, judge and or add or more of that flavor as you need it. So what's the reception been like? I mean, you guys, you know, obviously here it was, it was almost immediate. Like once people tried it, you were invited into stores. But now that you're going out, and I know you're kind of in the infancy of this process, but you're you're going to be doing sampling and tastings like it, let's say at the Rouse's in Mobile or or wherever. What what are you? What's the feedback that you're getting when when you get people that might not be from Dusan or Vilplat or or New Iberia tasting these these flavors? What what are you hearing from people? The same thing we heard from you guys. Okay, so good. The, the first well, thing we that, know because we're from here, but but you want. I wonder right. what everybody else is thinking when they taste it. Well, and then to give you a, a great uh, analogy of that or, or uh, testimony, we have a, a a consumer that actually bought our product from Washington State. Okay, and the response that we got back was, "Wow, we tasted this. We've never been to Louisiana. Is this what Louisiana food tastes like?" And so what they were doing was they were trying to imagine what Louisiana culture and what our food was based off of the flavor that had something on the label that said Cajun. Right. And it was so pure and so delicious that they said, if this is what Louisiana food tastes like, we are taking a trip there. That's awesome. So those are the kind of receptions that we're getting indoor. If people taste it, where can I get it? Like right now. If you have some, I'll buy it on the spot. That's why I so keep it in my a, trunk. I sell it out of my. No, I don't. No, really. <laughs> now, I've, well, I've got a, a relative that lives in, in in the Panhandle, and she says that she doesn't like Cajun food. She's never never liked anything Cajun she ever had because she doesn't like hot food. Like in other words, she wouldn't get jalapenos on her nachos. Okay, so I immediately say Cajun food isn't necessarily hot. There is 
a pepper flavor maybe, but there's there's a component of heat, but it's not if it's hot like I say. And this I don't know if this is the right way to explain it, but if it's hot when you right when you put it in your mouth, it's not really Cajun food at all. That's not how it works. So, are you getting a resistance? Do people say, "Well, I don't want to try that. That's that's that Cajun food's too hot for me," or are people saying, "Okay, I'll give it a go. Show me why I should like Cajun food." Well, obviously, we we do get the resistance uh, initially because that's the number one thing that most people outside misconception. Of that's right. They think the perception of Cajun food is is supposed to be hot, and then what we do is we invite them to taste it, and and say, look, if you don't like it, then please give us our your feedback so that we can possibly adjust. Because obviously, we want to share uh, that jewel, that magical, mystical thing that people say that we have here in Louisiana. We want to share that gift back with the world. So we offer we offer we we actually take the constructive criticism. And we, we don't we don't tune it out like most people do. We actually are very grateful that we get it, and we do listen to our consumers. So, for instance, Locasian Gold, uh, when we took it out on the campaign trail for the barbecue competition world, uh, we actually went a year ago to the st- the World Championship Steak Cookoff in Mesquite, Texas. And we actually had some Locasian Gold. It was still in its test phase and its infancy before we actually even put it in a container. And I can tell you, we were using a seventy five thousand burn unit in cayenne pepper in the recipe and now we know that cayenne pepper actually goes up into the millions so 75 is really not that hot but we still had some people again from the panhandle down in florida that said you know what this product is on point like you have mastered a flavor here that is just unreal not it's just it's not too hot that's right but it's still it's too hot for us okay so if you can tone down that heat just a tick and then when they said the word tick we took that one word and we wrote it on paper. And then when I went back to my co-packer, I said, what could this possibly mean? And when he says, well, we're just using too hot of a grade. So we'll reduce it down to the lowest grade possible, which is a 35,000. And when we did that, we went right back out on the trail. We gave it right back to the same person. I go, what do you think about this now? And he goes, you've nailed it. So, you know, those valuable things that we get from the consumer helps us in developing these bl- these blends so that they're just right for everyone and so you're 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 working on for for instance now at 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 cajun 180 you guys are working on the one that i got to taste that we don't know when it's going to hit shelves but i can't wait till that's available too but you're listening to consumers and it might not be an ethnic food profile it might be maybe ended up with one that is hotter because people are looking for more heat that would be geographically specific almost like you're not going to sell it in Wisconsin, but you'd probably sell it in, you know, South central part of the state or whatever. So you listen and take constructive criticism and uh, I guess insight and input from, from people that have trained palates maybe, or maybe some that don't and go back and say, well, you know what, we, we can do another version or we could add this to our lineup when we get there because people are telling us they want this. Yeah, and absolutely. And, and what a consumer can do as well is if, if they find that our product doesn't have enough heat, well, at least it's a good base that they can start with. And we tell them all the time, if you want something just a little bit hotter, like our Texas folks, you can just always add just a little bit more cayenne. Yep. You know, and, and by adding that, you can get the heat. So initially going back again, um, we like to tell our consumers, what, the reason we use the sea salt and we use it on the back end is because once you add salt to a dish, you can't take it out. Boy, if I tried to so put some t- potatoes into some gumbo that That's I right. over-salted, and you, it just doesn't and really want, work. And who wants potatoes in their gumbo, No, I right? take them out, but it still doesn't work. The salt stays behind. So That's it just right. doesn't work. So basically, we're, we're putting the, uh, the control of the salt shaker in the consumer's hand. 
And, and that's great to be able to tell the person, you know, you, you control the salt. I don't want to be the one to do that for you. So I'm going to give you a basic flavor profile that you've asked for. And if you would like to incorporate something different to it, please add to it. 